Welcome to the HRS Podcast, the show where we talk to experts about the things that can go wrong in the workplace and how to avoid them. This podcast is presented by ActDesk, the software that helps employers prevent harassment and spot talent inside their organizations. After the show, learn more at ActDesk.com. That's E-K-D-E-S-K.com. But for now, I'm your host, Andrew Jennings. As we come up on the podcast one-month anniversary, I'm excited to introduce a new feature that I'm calling Insights Episodes. These episodes are shorter than the more in-depth conversations you've heard thus far and are focused on discrete issues that HR leaders or employment attorneys have encountered in practice. We'll also continue to do the longer in-depth episodes, including one this week with Eugene Soltis on Compliance Hotline Best Practices. For our first Insights episode, I'm pleased to welcome Andy Gruber, the Chair of the Labor and Employment Practice at the law firm Bingham Greenbaum Dahl, who will be discussing leaves of absence requests under the Americans with Disabilities Act. Andy, welcome to the HR Risk Podcast. Well, Andrew, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate that. Before we get started, I wonder if you could give our guests just a little bit of a background about yourself and, and your practice. Certainly. So I've been doing management side labor and employment work now for going on 20 years. And so I've seen the uh, the rise and fall of, of multiple different issues as well as a host of uh, concerns. And I tell clients all the time, I, I may be a little bit jaded. You know, clients call me when they have their problems, not when employees do well. So what we do is, from my vantage point, my, my role really is to counsel clients through some of their most difficult issues and, and to provide them that risk assessment that everyone needs, as well as real solutions that they can effectuate and, and be able to also manage how they uh, deal with their operational folks. Because whether it's talking to the CEO or the CFO or a manager in human resources, all of those people ultimately have to put this into action, put my counsel into action in a way in which their business can continue. So that's something we always look for. And, and hopefully we uh, were able to provide that type of service and whatever topics that we cover and discuss today, um, hopefully we'll be able to give that same type of insight. Sure. So you've faced a lot of problems or you've worked with clients over the years that have faced a lot of problems. I wondered if you could tell us about one issue that might, uh, or one problem that might stick out in your memory as something that's a risk issue that may not be as thought about as often, but that you've encountered along the way in practice. Most certainly. So I would probably say uh, an issue that we're seeing quite a bit of and have seen a quite a bit of over the last several years is this very confusing at times and sometimes problematic circumstance in which an employee requests a leave of absence under the Americans with Disabilities Act. Mm -hmm. To kind of get to the nub of it all, it's this is the employee who they, they may have exhausted their family medical leave rights. They may have exhausted other types of paid leave or other type of leave allowances, or they just don't qualify for any of those allowances uh, legally or, or by company policy. And they approach an employer with some type of illness, injury, or impairment, and they note that they can't work for some period of time. Before, when I say before, before the courts really looked at expanding the scope of the Americans with Disabilities Act to include working as uh, one of the many ways that somebody uh, declared themselves as disabled, 
most employers went about denying that type of leave. But as the courts have shown that an allowance of a leave of absence can qualify as a reasonable accommodation of the law, employers are charged with taking a little bit closer look and being more patient, particularly now that even the EEOC's directives have indicated that everything from a no-fault attendance policy to simply denying an employee a request without going through an interactive process can be a potential violation from the ADA. Those are the types of points now that, that we're seeing, and it takes a little bit of time and effort to counsel people through those problems. I'd like to hear a little bit more about the way that you've counseled people to address that. What are some of the approaches you've seen to addressing this risk area, and what have been the results from that? So I would say the first thing we tell clients is we have to be patient about this. As much as maybe the operational folk that we just talked about in the introduction or somebody else wants to move forward with a separation or to move forward with the hiring of a new individual, we have to be patient and we have to look at each individual circumstance in its own right and under its own set of facts. And, and that's what the law requires us to do. So as a hypothetical, we have this employee, they need some type of leave of absence, let's say it's a few weeks, and they don't otherwise have any rights to it. So how do we now move ahead with making a determination that that leave of absence is not otherwise allowable or a reasonable accommodation of the law? The law gives us the blueprint. It speaks of that interactive process, that same process that you may go through with an employee who would come to you with a restriction that they can't stand for a, a period of time, or they have to sit every so once in a while, or they have to be in a certain chair or a certain other type of accommodation that an employer can examine whether it's reasonable. That same interactive process applies to this circumstance in which an employee says, I need some time off. And so the first thing we always tell people is take a moment and look at the circumstances. How long does the individual need? Can you give them any period of time? Would it be reasonable to provide any amount of leave? And the first place you go to is their direct supervisor, those in the operation side to say, can you survive or can you do what you need to do for a period of time without this employee? Sometimes, if it's a matter of a day or so, yes, that can happen. But at the same time, a day or so may not be feasible. There may be a current rush of orders or other sets of circumstances that that employee just needs to be at work every day. We just cannot allow that person not to be there. As I said, every circumstance is unique. So once the human resources individual or whoever is managing the leave is armed with that type of information from their operational side. They need to reach out to the employee, review what is reasonable, what can be done and what can't be done. And if ultimately what is able to be done by the employer doesn't match what the employee needs, then yes, there is a possibility that that employee's leave of absence is going to be denied and as not being a reasonable accommodation under the law, and the employee may face separation. In other instances, there could be a match. It could fit that whatever this employee needs, that's perfectly reasonable, and we can go ahead and allow for that leave of absence in that limited circumstance that's been requested. Another key component, what I said, the limited circumstance that's been requested Sometimes employers are faced with indefinite leaves or an extended leave that we don't know whether it's going to be extended or not. And 
circumstances can change. That is to say, what's reasonable one day for an employer's business may change the next. And at times, what an employee requires at one point may need to be extended. And in each instance, whether that's the employer saying, I know we said that we could give you three months, but circumstances in the, in the company have changed and we need somebody in your position right away, or whether that employee calls and says, I knew I was going to be back within a week, but now I need another three weeks of leave. The interactive process restarts. You go through the process again, try to see if you can accommodate that leave. If no accommodation can be made, there's a possible separation event that can occur. But in each instance, the employer has done their due diligence by going through and looking at the requested leave, balancing it against what their company circumstances and company needs are, interacting with the employee directly pursuant to the interactive process, having that communication, and trying to determine whether it can be accommodated, whether it's reasonable to accommodate it. That process takes a little bit of time. That little bit of time is going to save an employer from inadvertently violating the act and possibly getting a charge or other types of complaint or claim that they failed to accommodate what is otherwise a reasonable accommodation of the law. Is this something where a company should have a game plan in place before they encounter this situation where an employee might need a leave, but it isn't covered by FMLA or there's otherwise an exhaustion of that eligible leave? And is that something that should fall under the leave rubric or the uh, disability accommodation rubric of policies, or is it sort of in between those? It's a great point. And you hit the nail on the head. It starts with the policy, whether it's an employee's attendance policy whether it's their disability, reasonable accommodation policy, however their policies are set up, but definitely under their attendance policy, there should be an allowance. And this is coming right really from the EEOC. There should be an allowance that any requested leave would be considered as a potential leave of absence under law if it can be reasonably accommodated. Some language along those lines needs to be placed. The days of the, you know, no fault attendance policies, those are gone. We simply can't add up the points and then all of a sudden when it hits, without question, without looking at the circumstances, summarily terminate an employee. You're running a great risk if you're going to continue to proceed with your policy along those lines. So the game plan starts with the policy. You put that concept into your attendance policy. You know that it's going to be there and you charge everyone from your supervisory authority all the way up to your human resources managers to be aware that when something like this comes along, a simple question of why do you need this leave of absence can lead you down the path of making certain that there's no reasonable accommodation or a potential reasonable accommodation. I would say more likely than not, most of my clients who come to me with this problem, the individual who needs a leave of absence, it's possible for the company to accommodate that leave because most of these leaves are really on the margin. They are just a matter right. of days uh, in which right. you can look at it and say, we can survive these few days and then put the employee back to work. Because I believe that at the end of the day, most companies, in fact, the overwhelming majority of companies, they want their employees to stay employed and to be good, productive people. It's really hard to find good people these days. So why get rid of somebody simply because they need a day or two off when it really doesn't impact the business? I'm not here to advocate that everybody needs to be given whatever time they need off for whatever circumstance. It's a really unique set of circumstances. The employee needs to have an impairment that could be seen as a potential disability under the law. 
and it has to impact that employee himself, him or herself, because we all know that this reasonable accommodation concept that we just reviewed and discussed does not apply to an individual who may be associated with an individual with a disability. Therefore, my kid's sick and I need to stay home because my child is ill. Well, that employee's child may qualify as disabled under the law. There's no reasonable accommodation obligation for an associated with disabled circumstance. So lawyers don't need to look at that circumstance and say, do we have to go through an interactive process because the employee's child is ill or the parent is ill? Other situations that may, rise, that may create an FMLA circumstance does not create an ADA leave of absence reasonable accommodation issue. So we're just talking about significant impairment issues that would otherwise likely be disabling under the ADA and impact the employee themselves. Like I said, you're probably going to find that you could probably accommodate most of those and put the employee back to work, have somebody productive in place. This has been a really good overview of kind of that intersection between FMLA and other types of leave and disability accommodation and, and how companies and HR leaders can stay on the right side of the law with that. Andy, if our listeners want to learn more about this topic, uh, where can they go for, for that information? I would suggest we have a website and you can through that website, reach any of our practitioners in the labor and employment area, and we can be found at www.b as in boy, g as in girl, d as in dog, legal. That is bgdlegal.com. My law firm, Bingham Greenbaum Dahl. We have offices in Indianapolis, Louisville, Lexington, and Cincinnati, and we offer services throughout the Midwest on labor and employment and other matters, and we'd be happy to help you out with whatever issues you may have. Great. And I'll put a link to to the website on the the show notes. Andy Gruber, thank you for joining the HRS podcast. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate the time. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the HRS podcast. This episode is presented by ECDESK.com, the software that helps prevent workplace harassment and spot untapped talent. You can find show notes for today's episode at ECDESK.com slash podcast. That's E-K-D-E-S-K dot com slash podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until the next episode, I'm your host, Andrew Jennings.